We're there, huh? Okay. Wonderful. Well, viewers, listeners, everyone in between, welcome to One on One with Coach Blue. It's good to have you all here. Um, you all just kind of jump on. Do you need me to make you a host no, or anything? I won't. It only needs to do that when I log in as me, but it won't let me log in as me anymore. It only lets me log in as you. So, gotcha. Then it awesome. just thinks there's two of you around. Brilliant. All right. Let me see if I can get this view fixed here because there we go. Um, yeah. Viewers, listeners, welcome. It's good to have you here on this uh, amazing Wednesday. Um, from what I've gathered, a, uh, a landmark, interesting political uh, situation, but yeah. shoot, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to move on. We're going to move on past all that stuff, get into things that really matter um, to the daily life, right? Absolutely. Um, Marissa, you are busy uh, making our our virtual shop like yes. more amazing. Why don't you tell so, listeners a little bit about what you're doing? Well, we have a new <clears throat> section of our team store that's going to be selling shirts, um, what we're calling extracurricular recovery. Uh, our goal with some of this is, as you know, you know, I most know. people know, I'm a recreational therapist and a lot of what addict athlete is, is recreation. It's the erase and replace philosophy and being able to erase the addiction and replace it with things of greater value, a lot specifically healthy recreation, although we do lots of other things. We do service and advocacy and community support and things like that. Mm-hmm. So these are going to be shirts that go along with different types of recreation. I love it. And yep. The main goal is to recreate your life. That's what recreation is, is to bring about new life. And that's what you're doing in recovery is recreating a new healthy life. So we've got some amazing designs for the shirts for different types of recreation people enjoy and have. And I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm just trying to work things out. They're great logos. I think it's a great concept with extracurricular recovery. It's going to be a little bit of a a golden thread between um, all of Team Addict Athlete, the minor league, the family uh, support program, our our home team, and and really to kind of give you guys another leg up on um, sharing and and, uh, getting out there and experiencing life sober. And I'm super excited about the attachment with uh, the extracurricular recovery program being our online recovery program yep. that is just days away from launching, which is going to be a uh, an online program by which you can do several tracks. We we've, we have a core communication track for family systems. We've got a uh, a family family home team development track. We've for got family members. We've got parenting, positive parenting, Dr. Yep. Paul. Yes. And anxiety workshop with Dr. Paul. Yes. These are all going to be accessible to you as an online program. And we look forward to, to utilizing it in a manner that you can work it at your own pace. And then you can fall into the open office hours with Coach Blue yep. and our other coaches as they come online we'll to be, do some counseling yeah. and to do some coaching. The and plan so, is to have open groups each week as well. But mm-hmm. we also have the modules with video, audio, text, homework, um, that anyone can be part of. There's a lot of information, whether you're the person seeking recovery and some more help at home or you're a family member of, and there's a lot, a lot of information just on becoming a better person, um, gaining some positive outlook, just dealing with life's challenges. This is not going to be something that's just for um, the addict or the person seeking recovery. There is a lot of great information Yep, and it will all go along with, our extracurricular recovery. Well, so, so say you are a family member who has a loved one that's struggling. Let's say we're parents and we have a, an adult child who's uh, using and having a hard time. Um, would it work for them, you think? Absolutely. I do think so. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's going to help you develop a home team. It's going to help you guys open up core communication. And uh, we hope to do it at a significantly uh, lower price than you would sending someone off to treatment. Uh, there are times when that's necessary, yes. but there's a lot of times when it's not. And why go into bankruptcy or foreclosure and spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars um, on these uh, on these addiction treatment programs when really, if we can teach you how to develop your own home team, get that individual, the support and the help and the education they need, and then to provide an outlet by which you can talk and communicate with coaches and therapists, how beautiful is that? So absolutely, it's going to be a so neat program. I'm the excited. The whole point is 
So obviously some people still need residential and detox, but I think this is a great option for something similar and alternative to yeah. an outpatient program or if somebody just wants to do detox, get themselves in a safer spot and, but they need to be getting back to work. Mm -hmm. They really are committed to their recovery. Then they can do this at home while they keep their job. It's at their own pace, their own time, their own hours. So it doesn't have to be, Oh, you quit your job because you have to get to outpatient at different times. It's yep. on your schedule. Absolutely. So, so some of the lectures and the video will all be accessible. And the great thing about it too, you guys, is that um, it's going to be all addict to athletes philosophy and the things that I've learned over the years of working in addiction treatment that I've found has worked. So it is not designed for the, the person who just wants to go and, and have the staycation and to like, you know, just bounce from treatment center to treatment center. That's yeah. not going to work. You have to be 100% committed and you've got to be thorough. And I know that's kind of a, a scary thing sometimes, but if you are one of those park hoppers, it's this isn't your program. You keep yeah. doing that and you'll find yourself at a dead end eventually. Well, sadly, it's just a little round yep. round robin that they do often. So I've this is it. something different. If maybe other traditional programs haven't worked for you, this would be a great one to a good one. look I'm at. I'm excited to launch it and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So keep an eye out for that. Marissa, I'm stoked about our our, uh, our guests we're having on our podcast. We, oh, yes. um, Holly Davies, thank you so much for, for your contributions yeah. to the podcast. If you guys haven't heard hers yet on being a child of an addict and alcoholic, it's fantastic. She left me speechless. There's a couple times I got super emotional talking yeah. to her. She really does bring that, yeah. that real aspect and of what it's like. we've had some fantastic feedback, people that just like, wow, she's saying exactly what I've been through and what I've experienced. And she does it in such an eloquent, yeah. articulate way. Like I was just really, really impressed by how well she's, she's done with all of this and what she's done with her, her whole life coming from environment she she did and i think a lot of people get think that you know they just get stuck in that addictive cycle that yeah. that's just how everything is and it's kind of a cool thing you share a lot of your story about being a child of an mm -hmm. addict and alcoholic as well and yeah i think it's really really helpful information See, it's those kind of situations too that i love when holly can come on and and speak such truth and to understand the complexities of, of what it felt like growing up um, but never having addictions of her own. And then there's someone out there that's like, oh, if someone that's never had an addiction can't help me. I'm like, you yeah. fool. Because that is exactly like what Holly is giving you. She's giving you a whole different perspective, having experienced the same feelings and emotions mm -hmm. and look at the way that turned out. And I'm looking forward too to Dr. Bob. We got Dr. Bob. So we got another doctor. Dr. Bob Lynn. Dr. Bob Lynn from, he's like the base of Mount St. Helens. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> Um, he's you a little, found him again on LinkedIn. He well, started noticing some of his yes. posts and they resonated with us because his philosophy was a lot like ours. And so we peeled back some of those layers and yep. we found Dr. Bob and holy cow, this guy's been around since the dawn of time. Yeah. Over 50 years. He's been doing addiction treatment and he is a pioneer. This podcast is phenomenal to just talk about trends in addiction treatment. Where is it been? Where is it going? Where is it at now? Um, yeah, he's the cutest little Santa Claus guy, and <laughs> and just a heart the size of Texas as ever. A neat man. Yeah, we met him a few months ago and got to have a really good Zoom com like meeting with him, and then we've been able to get him rounded back for our podcast. And I am so excited for you guys to hear it. Absolutely, and so look forward to that one. That will be launching Monday. Um, but yeah, so anyway, lots of neat things happening despite some of the chaos. Patreon subscribers, all you guys, your shirt's ready, um, your sweater's ready. We'll be sending yes. those out this week. And so um, when you grab them, grab a photo. I'd love to see it. Uh, love to see it, Anya. And uh, thank you so much for participating with the Patreon program. In fact, um, we had a new Patreon subscriber yep. that um, reached out today and said, hey, do you have any podcasts on um uh, a topic. Well, I can't remember the topic that she said. Well, it was mainly communication, but she was asking specifically about um, passive, aggressive, yeah. and assertive communication. As Marissa and I were talking, that's what I love. Because for Patreon, if you guys have ideas, if you have like, me wanting to do deep dives, Marissa doing deep dives, mm -hmm. let us know. Because as we process that with the Patreon subscriber that, uh, that said, hey, I'd like to know more about this, we've already started pulling stuff together to make a, a good podcast on that too. So this is 
that as, as, as Patreon subscribers, you get to also submit things that you'd like to hear more on. Absolutely. So we will be doing that as well, but your shirts and, and sweaters are here. We'll be getting your care packages out. Um, just a little bit of a thanks for all that you do. And uh, at the end of the show here, we'll be announcing all of our Patreons and we got a new one. We got yes. another new one that added today and uh, you're going to like this guy. He's got a neat podcast too. We'll talk about it when we wrap up, but let's just jump into it, Marissa. Yeah. Um, I know we got some people that want to chat and jump on, but I do have a question that was sent earlier today Yes. that I thought would be appropriate to talk about specifically because of some of the guilt and some of the uh, feelings that are associated with this. So this came from an individual who says that she has a family member who reached out to me. She says, I have been asked by my family to allow another family member stay with me and for me to help offer them emotional, mental, and chemical support, meaning they are in their own recovery. And I have just began my journey in sobriety. I am six months clean, but I am having a lot of feelings concerning my relative staying with me. Mm. Um, what do I tell my family and I'm, am I being selfish? <laughs> no, 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 you are not. No. That, it's obviously most people, you know, who struggle with addiction want to help, help, help everyone. And oftentimes it's at the detriment of their own recovery yeah. and their mm -hmm. own sobriety. Um, so you need to, this is why self-awareness is so, so, so important to successful living, because you need to know and understand you. You need to know and understand your limits, your boundaries, um, what you can handle, what you can't, maybe triggers and on and on and on before yeah. you want to jump in. Dr. Rapier, when he was on the podcast, yep. he said something that had stuck with me so much. And he says, it's the capacity of what you can handle. Yes. And at six months, a year, you may not have the capacity to seriously be able to deal and cope with other people's issues. As much as you want to, you could almost do more harm. And so there's a little thing that I sometimes I teach my clients, folks I work with, and it's a concept I learned from Dr. Paul, which is my urgency, your urgency is not my urgency. Yes. Sounds kind of mean, but we have to take care of ourselves first. And sometimes our hearts are so big, we want to just give and give and give mm -hmm. without the understanding that it could put us in jeopardy too. Because in, in that whole situation, your sobriety has to come first. If you don't do that, you are more apt to relapse. You're more apt to drop balls. You're more apt to allow family members to take advantage. And it's not saying that you wouldn't love to if you could. Yeah. You don't have the capacity to do it yet, meaning you don't have all the fuel in the tank that you need. Um, that's why I see a lot of people who get into the industry of addiction recovery. Maybe they want to be like a peer mentor or maybe they want to be, yeah. you know, I don't know what the state calls it. They call it some, is it peer mentor? Peer support, peer support and specialist stuff. or you something. Know, and these things. And I love it. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't have a strong grip on your own sobriety, as much yeah. as you want to go out and help someone, you will drown with them if you have weak knees. And, and, yeah. and it'll take you as much as you want to. And I know that getting to step 12 is everyone's goal because that's the service part and it's important, but you can't give more than you have in the tank. Yeah. It happens so much. Absolutely. You know, I remember when we used to work in that treatment industry, when we would say, we don't want people to come here and work unless they have a, you know, a, a good, a good span of recovery. And every time we hired somebody that didn't, what happened? They relapsed. Yeah. It's Very too much. Soon. Yeah. It's Your stressful. heart's in the right place. It is. I mean, yeah. and, and why? Because they care so much. Mm -hmm. And again, they, it's, it's wonderful because it gives you purpose. And so often it gives you purpose to stay clean, to be that example, to be that support for others. Mm -hmm. But people early in recovery often haven't found the balance on how to care for self and how to care for others. Yeah. You know, it's this, we talk, we've talked before about in the airplane, what do they say when the oxygen masks fall, you need to get it on yourself first before you help or do anything for anyone else. And it's the same thing in this. You have to be able to help yourself before you can help someone else. You know, I remember a long time ago when Marissa and I were working in youth treatment, um, she was up at the canyon having this little picnic thing, this rec activity with the kids that we worked with at this school. And I sat down and she was having a conversation. I came in late, but she was having a conversation with, with a, a young man. And he was probably four, 13, 14 years old. And I remember she looked at me and she said, go on, Mike, tell him what you just told me. And he looked at me, this this 15-year-old kid. And this was probably, Marissa, circa 2001. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he said, Blue, sometimes you have to say no. It's powerful to say no. And I'm like, 
what? Because I was a yes man, still mm-hmm. am to a certain degree. Yes. And this 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 young man was telling me that it, the power that he felt when he got to, to express a no for someone that wanted something, but he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking about that and that that interaction with him when he said it's powerful to say no. I thought, you little goof, you don't know what you're talking about. But the longer I've resonated with that, and that's why it's still so profound in my mind. Yeah. Sometimes you have to say no. And a lot of times when you say no, that person isn't just going to throw up the towel and surrender and throw the flag in and, and roll over and die. Yeah. They're going to find another way. They'll figure something out. And so it's not our jobs to make it easy, but it's not our jobs also to, to like, you know, sacrifice what we've worked on. So that's a very good yeah. question. I think it's also important to, recognize there you may be in a situation where you think you can handle it and so you let them in don't feel bad if even a weekend two weeks maybe a day things yeah. get out of whole, out of hand and exactly. you're like i need sorry i can't i can't do this anymore don't feel bad about setting that boundary and saying i don't have the capacity right now to handle this or hey i got burned right here and i need to you know we need to have some space i think people will Maybe be more reserved or jump in too quick, thinking, oh, I have to make the right decision right now. No, we, we adjust as we go. You and I both have had to do that this week. There's so much demand for our time and what mm-hmm. we need. And there's a lot of people that need help right now. But in order to meet deadlines and to get things done, we are just cranking out this material to launch this program. And yeah. sometimes it's like, I'm sorry, I have to say no. Yeah. And there are real issues and real problems out there. And it's not that we don't care. It's just there's so much going on that we have to prioritize what do we need to do versus what do we want to do? Yeah. And right? this this program is phenomenal. It's going to help a lot of people that we're working on, but it's also going to bring us much needed income for this program for us to be able to keep a roof over our head. I don't and- know if many people know that that uh, this is it <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. We, yeah. we not, don't yeah. <laughs> we don't get paid doing addict to athlete. This is a free public service we do currently. We hope to do, doing this program and many other things and looking at grants that we can at some point have a salary, mm-hmm. but we don't right yet. So this will start bringing in some income for the program. And which is kind of a cool thing when you think going. about it, because if this is what we can do for free, can you imagine what happens when it's funded? Oh, I, I mean, I can't wait. Oh man. I can't but wait. anyway, um, I know who you are Ask this question and I won't give your name in case the family members are watching, but yeah. No, it is 100% okay to say, I don't have enough in the tank to do this. Yeah. They'll have to find another and way. And it's okay to say, yeah, let's let's try it. And maybe a weekend, you've got to say, uh-uh, not going to work. Yep. That's okay. And if the person gets upset or mad, yes, it may those hurt. Those are the principles behind just, don't take your kindness as weakness, right? Yes, like you got to yes. make sure those boundaries are set. Absolutely. Excellent. Great question to kick us off. So, we just have a question online real quick. Yeah. Um, it said, I, Hey, I think my son is using again. I can't keep doing this. What are his options? Treatment, sober living. He has Medicaid. I just can't stand this anymore. He'll be mad that I am even reaching out and embarrassed. Um, but I don't know what to do. And I'm just sick over this. Well, let, let's start off with the, he'll be mad if I reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that that uh, we want to keep this stuff a secret. And a lot of times it's because, you know, there's there's a lot of guilt and remorse that's associated with it. But there's also the fact that that means that more ears and eyes that are on the situation means more abilities to help problem solve. Yeah. What do you think I, out of the game? A lot of times they're trying to just be protective of, oops, I slipped again because of the embarrassment, the guilt, the shame. But again, you have... You have to ask for help. You have to. Yeah. Um, as for what to do, it it depends on each person, each situation. Um, I personally believe if it's somebody that's been in treatment multiple, multiple times, um, doing treatment again may not be right. A lot of times people just repeat and they just get, they get there, they fix it. It's all perfect. But what are they doing different again? Um, also having Medicaid opens doors to many options, but it also closes doors to other options. Utah mm-hmm. has gained a lot more, at least here, programs that are taking Medicaid that didn't used to before. Um, but I think it's sitting down and asking them, like, what what do you want? It's do getting you, real. Yeah. Do you want to keep using? If so, 
I, I love you. I love you. I love you dearly, but I can't watch you do this. Um, well, again, I'm going to shift want some gears this a little bit too, because it's not that you can't, mm-hmm. I can't do this again. Or I can't kill. You, know, you can obviously, but it's, yeah. I don't want to, and yeah. I'm not going to, Very because true. when we use the, the, I can't, that's kind of the victim mentality where we're like, I just can't do it. And then you know that you will, because that's who we are. Right. Yep. But when we say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I love you too much to love you to death. And so something needs to change. I want to help you figure out the change. It's not going to happen, you know, with, with, with you here. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a lot to this. Now you talk about Medicaid and it's interesting because Medicaid typically is, is, uh, is you're right. It does. It shuts doors and it opens mm-hmm. doors. Um, I'm kind of getting sick of the concept of if you get Medicaid, you're just kind of a third class citizen. It pisses me off. Oh yeah. Because so you know, in the treatment industry, I remember sitting in, in in meetings with with our financial people and they're like, Well, they have Medicaid. So, no. you know. And I'm like, those people still need help. Yep. And there are some decent programs out there. But all in the same breath, now that I've moved away from all that stuff, away from the groups, away from the treatment world, and I've started focusing solely on individualized treatment care, right? Yeah. one-on-one sessions, I'm finding so much more bang for the buck, so yeah. much more bang for the time yeah. because you're getting into the person. You're not sitting in a group, you know, trying to, to hash out problems. And nine times out of 10, those therapeutic process groups just turn into psych education and nothing gets done. And so really I would say, let's explore other avenues. If treatments worked in the past, f- fantastic. Yeah. But if there's been struggles, what whatnot, maybe it's time to start looking at individualized treatment and maybe it's time to start joining them. Again, I'm not going to keep on promoting the program that we're building, but that's why we're building it is Absolutely. because sometimes this stuff has to happen in house and it's mm-hmm. hard, you know, but there has to be a very strong conversation, which is, sorry, son, there are no secrets. I, I'm not keeping your secrets anymore. And I'm going to find the best people out there that can help you, but it's up to you too, to do this. Yeah. Um, it's, that's a hard one. You've got to not be afraid to, uh, to invite people in because part of the problem is, is that's probably why is he's wanting you to feel bad and wanting you to feel like you can't ask for help so that it can be maintained in the home. Well, it's and just trying to protect end. that shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. And that's never a good thing long-term. Um, I'm a swim coach, swim teacher. I've taught swimming for years and years, and I've always said you will do much better with like private lessons than you will in group lessons. And I think that's what you're saying with this. If you just do a private therapist, if you just do, you know, something that's just more individualized like that, you're going to get further. And that's what you're noticing with your clients. I saw it all the time with my, you know, the kids I taught in swimming much, much better than even just the semi-private, which is two kids or a full class of five to seven kids, or, you know, you just get more, focused attention. And it's really helpful. And and it's like what Dr. Bob says, and whoever asked this question, I'm very excited for you to listen to Monday's podcast with Dr. Bob, because I asked him the question specifically, what what do we do? And he said, Blue, we have to do individualized, like, like, like interventions, meaning, you know, my last question for him was Dr. Bob, what do you tell that person who's on the fence about like wanting to do, you know, to quit using or whatnot? He says, that's the thing is I don't tell them anything. Yeah. And I kind of got like, like what? It's he awesome. says, I sit with them and I find out what they want and what they need and what they need. And that kind of blew me away because again, we, we seek therapy and treatment centers to solve problems and that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know? And so what we do is we say, what can we do to help you where you're at? Because I guarantee you that when we get past some of the denial and some of the fear and some of the anxiety, we'll find the core issue. We most certainly will. And that person is going to either change or just start treatment hopping. And so maybe we start looking at this new little revolution of like really figuring out what the person needs and, and I'll be more than happy to help any way we can. And it's not telling them what they need. Mm -mm. It's asking them, you know, maybe it is, they still want to keep using, but maybe they don't want to use needles anymore. And so, okay, you're going to need to do some real work to do some of this harm reduction to get into a doctor. If you, are local. I can't suggest recommend even more than Dr. Rapier. And I think it's ALX family health, but if you do look up Blake Rapier, Lyndon, he accepts Medicaid. He is a Suboxone doctor. 
if it's opiate abuse. And I love Mm -hmm. what he's done and what I've seen him do for people. Um, But that also means, hey, you can go there and get your medication and as a doctor, but you need to go somewhere and get a therapist and you need somewhere to get some social support. And, you know, and you know what, maybe you need some coaching. Maybe you need also like, like, like a sobriety coach, you know, maybe you need and team addict athlete. We've got lots of them and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of decent people out there that can help. And so part of it too, though, is, you know, when you, know, if you do this before any consequence falls into place, even better, meaning once the judicial system gets involved and you get caught up in that, then it's game over. Yeah, it's and it's a lot more difficult. If you do this because you want to change or you want to have yeah. a more excellent path to sobriety in life, then this is the great time to do it. And most people get nervous with that because of drug testing and things like, well, how do I drug test if I have an individual therapist? Well, the thing is, is do you need a drug test anyway? Yeah. Because all drug tests really do is keep you honest, right? Yeah. That's all they really do. I mean, because I've had so many conversations with people who have said, yeah, you know what? I've used, I've relapsed and they would talk about it. Yeah. And I've worked in places where that meant a mandatory drug test. And I always hated that because it's like, why add insult to injury? Yeah. Why not take what they just said to you and find out yeah. what happened? Because all they do is keep you honest. And so, the other thing is, is if, you're, if your son or if your loved one is being dishonest, you'll see it yeah. and you'll feel it. Oh, yeah. And the therapist that you choose gets to know about it. And they get to sit down and say, all right, Tom, tell me why you're having such a hard time being honest with, with your folks or being if, honest yeah, with your spouse. Yeah, if it's a family member, you know when oh, they're sure. using or you know when they have slipped or are starting to slip and stumble it is obvious it is blatant mostly if this has been a repeated relapse so you can tell by their behavior how humble how real they are in wanting help and moving forward and how no they're just doing what they have to to get by and the other side of that coin whoever asked this question welcome aboard this is why we're creating the home team first is because we need to train all the parents, all the spouses, all the loved ones, all the primary support givers. We need to train you on how to essentially become substance abuse counselors, you know, like uh, like substance abuse coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to need to know a lot more than you do. And you're also going to have to be part of that puzzle because although you didn't create the addiction, you have stewardship in it. And so the best thing you can do is to gain as much insight, as much knowledge, as much yeah. understanding, the, the, how, to, how to communicate so that things don't get out of control. So you can sit down with your son and say, my heart is breaking and I don't understand a lot of what's going on, but I don't want to see you in pain anymore either. What's the best way you think I can help? Yep. And then I don't want your help at all. Just leave me alone. Well, I can totally understand how hard that would, that's going to be. And I don't know if I'm ready to let go completely. And so I'm here to be part of this journey. I just want to know if you're, if you're serious, because if you are, I'll help you and we'll give you what you need. And you get that dialogue going a little bit. And guess what? There's no bandaid for it. It's not an easy fix. There's no overnight solution. It's, yeah. it's going to be time consuming, but I'll tell you, if you line up the right principles, you write up the right team, you can do this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a little plug for, for using what's around you. Um, if necessary, if you want to jump on offline, maybe we can help, you know, refer all those things too. But again, I'd be very weary to sending the problem away. Um, I don't know how many really fix itself. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm losing, I'm losing faith in the whole system. It's time to start doing something different. It's maybe like a 10% success rate in residential treatment. And that's about the same, Success rate as AA, a lot of those, it's, you know, it's a shot in the dark. That's why I want to train money into families. That. That's why I want to train families to be yeah. able to do this stuff so that they can have confidence in their own decisions. Absolutely. You know, um, I don't know. I, and I, I'll tell you, you know, one of the biggest problems I had in residential care was that their, the family systems program stunk. Yeah. They, they just stunk, you know, um, it just, it just never felt good. And so Dr. Bob talks about that too. He does. How actually. it ends up becoming education rather than counseling, therapy, and treatment. Mm-hmm. And there's a very, very different dynamic in therapy, family therapy versus family education. So for tonight, I would definitely approach your son and say, hey, there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, I, I've got your back for some of this, but I got to know what 
what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, because if you guess, you'll guess wrong on what he needs. And then you'll feel guilty as though you made the wrong decision. So like it or not, he's going to have to be involved with some of the decision making. Yeah, he needs to be invested. I always tell my clients that too. I'm like, don't have me make your decisions for you. If you make me do your decisions for you, I'm going to yeah. pick the path of least resistance to make it easy for me, yeah. which means I'm going to guess wrong, correct? Yeah. And it also often means you call the cops because that's going to be the easiest for you is have somebody else deal with it. Yeah. So. But the thing is too, though, is if he's talking to you like that, that means he's in some emotional pain. Something still hurts. We got to figure out what it is. I can't, I can't even imagine how hard it would be for you to just sit there, you know, propped against your doorway, looking at your son and just knowing that he needs help and just having no idea where to go. So there are programs or are situations um, currently that I trust, that I respect out there that I could tell you offline because I don't think giving direct promotion on a podcast like this that reaches a lot of people is a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, or if you want help, you know, choosing a, a, a different path, let us know. Um, you, Marissa and I are very learned on how to help. And so yeah. it's a great question. I hope some of that feedback helps, but if you want to take that next step, why don't you set something up? Maybe yes. Marissa can touch base. So another question here online. This is from Elena. You're one of your first athletes. One of our, one of one, original. our original. Yeah. So Elena, we got to get you an original champion shirt. That's you kid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hopefully she's still her oh, watching. I love Elena. So Elena's, I don't know how long she's been clean and sober, but yes, oh, addict God. athlete worked for her. We'll say that. 10 years ago, Elena. Yeah. Original. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's um, said, I filed for temporary custody of my granddaughter. Uh, her, I know she's talked to me a few times. Her Mm -hmm. Daughter is still in active addiction. Mm. She said, I sent the paperwork to the courts yesterday. When do you think is a good time I should let my daughter see her baby again? Mm. I can't remember how old she is. I think 18 months to three years old-ish. Okay. Um, I can't have her coming in and out of my granddaughter's life. It's already messing with my granddaughter and her daughter by doing right. that. Right. How do I handle this? It's a good one. Elena, my heart goes out to you. And, and you knew all those years back when you were battling your own, how hard it was. And so now I, I'm, I'm sorry that you're dealing with it again, but I also am so happy that you're able to be in a position by which you can render care for this little one. Absolutely. Because you know how much you needed that back then too. So let's start with the beginning. Temporary, temporary. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you're seeing that as temporary with the possibility of being, you know, longer, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting thing. Kids always, always need part. The kids always need primary caregivers. They always need their parents. Yeah. So you know it's going to be one of those things where um, that maternal instinct is going to kick in for you immediately. It already has, or you wouldn't be asking this question. And so you got to go on your gut with this. You know all the tricks of the trade. You know what to look for. You know if yeah. she's pulling you your know leg. The lies. You I mean, the you Elena, you wrote the book for crying out loud, right? And so the, the heart of the matter is going to be, when do you feel it's appropriate? And I know you from history, you will be able to trust your gut on some of these things too. But just like I've, I've taught with people in relationships, you know, uh, it's a privilege, not a right. And I think that that might be something that your, your daughter's going to need to know is that, look, this, this thing is, this, this, little, this little baby is innocent to this mm -hmm. and it's a privilege. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is too, though, is, you know, for you, how, how, do you, how do you keep the person you love away from the person she loves? Yeah. Um, I say, Elena, trust your gut. You, uh, you've come a long way. I, I saw one of your posts just recently, um, uh, you know, it just kind of like a, 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 a scene or, or like a outdoors. And I'm like, I love the fact that you're finding joy in all this kind of stuff. So all that training that you've been through, your own addictions, your own recovery, this is, that all happened for this. All those things were necessary steps to be here. Um, you also have a very unique window into being able to teach your daughter uh, the ins and outs of what happens if she waits too long yeah. and the emotional distancing that can come from that. Um, but I really do think it's an interesting paradigm shift in that you get to now say, hey, it's a privilege, it's not a right. What do you think for, for parents or, you know, for oh, in this, in the situation, I mean, there's no like Turkey, you know, like, like timer that pops yeah. out when they're ready. Um, you know, and it's important. The cool thing about this is though, kids that young, they can bounce back real fast. Remember, yeah. they Elena. are so resilient. Yeah. They're very resilient. Remember success by six, right? Mm -hmm. 
you want to make sure that the baby has a very stable, uh, uh, you know, loving environment by age six, so that all those core emotions that, st- that, st- that stabilize from trusting, from being autonomous, you know, to being independent, um, to being part of something, you want to make sure that those attributes are locked in by six. And so right now, don't tell your daughter this, but there's room to wiggle because, mm-hmm. you know, she'll feel the love from you. Yep. You're, um, you're making up for where your daughter is slipping. And so you're also going to be that catcher. So if you start feeling like, okay, maybe it's time we have a supervised visit, you know, it's in the safety of your home, you are around, you can watch it, um, make sure that things are okay. And then you're as hard as it is, I know it's hard. You're there to catch her and hold her as she cries and she wants mom. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you're going to be in that situation too, because your daughter is going to need you so that she can be a mom. I mean, it's an interesting paradigm shift. Um, And I can give you all of the, all of the therapeutic terms and lingos, but I really just think we could wrap a lot of this up with you by saying, trust your instinct. You are very wise, Elena. Yeah. You've had such, you've had such a, a, a experience through all of this. Nothing new is going to pop out that you're not used to already. Um, my heart goes out to you for being in a spot. You can be that mom. Absolutely. Because I remember when we first met all those years ago, I don't think you even felt like you'd make it that far and look at you now. So all those things you went through were necessary steps to be where you are right now. Trust your instincts. You're a mom. You have that parental, that parental gene still very much alive inside. Um, Use it, trust it, then teach it. Your daughter's going to need to know it. It's a good question. For sure. Yeah. It's a hard one. Thank you, Elena. Oh, Lanny making us both cry. Well, she Dude. said she's saying that we have her in tears too. Yeah. So. Ten uh, years ago, I can't believe that geez. we're still hanging out with with original athletes. I just have the most respect for her. Awesome. She was the first girl out of all the guys. She was the only one that said, "Yeah, I'll give this a shot." And look at I'll her now. Volunteer and do it. Yeah, I don't think Elena knows what a celebrity she is on the team either. I think she when she rolls into our races and yeah. stuff, she's like, "Oh, no we big talk deal." Talk about her. Yep. Talk about her a lot. Yep. I love it. Okay. I don't have another one yet. I've got more if we need them because there's still more. So, we have yeah, we have that. somebody online waiting, but they said they can wait. So if you have some others, you want to go with that first and we'll do yeah, absolutely. the call in later. Um, yeah. Let me read this. Uh, Coach Blue, there's so much craziness going on. There's so much stress. There's so many opinions. There's so many issues that are popping up with people that I respect that I'm really fearful that I'm going to lose my mind, get in an argument, and then use to be able to deal with the stress. How do I avoid the political craziness that is this situation our our nation finds itself in? And how do I not allow it to affect me emotionally? (laughs) Yeah. You're speaking everyone's, you're speaking everyone's, uh, I guess, uh, mind right now. Yeah. Um, turn it off. Yep. Turn it off. There, Self-care. There's, there's, there's no sense in it. I went for, for years without watching news. And then when COVID hit, we started kind of tuning back in because we needed to know a few things. And then with all this craziness, we've tuned back in, but we're rapidly tuning back out. In fact, Marissa and I both get our information from a one minute segment on TikTok these days yeah. with a guy who just gives it black and white and moving on. Yeah. And, you know, I don't put any emotion in, but I've turned it way back, turned it way off. Marissa, why do you think it's so hard for so many people to not tune it out? I mean, it's so in our face right yeah. now, and it's such an easy well, thing to say, we'll just walk away. But why is that an important they're so, part of this? Well, because it's triggering that fear and our survival technique. I mean, mostly after last year and everyone's like went crazy and all the food disappeared off the shelves and people are like, is that going to happen again? Just take some deep breaths. Go to the grocery store and get your toilet paper right now if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Don't overbuy, but go get what you need. Turn it off. Do some self-care. Go for a hike. Go for a run. Take a bubble bath. Read a book. Something 
You and I also are watching lots and lots and lots of comedy at night. We are watching funny stuff. Some funny stuff. I've noticed that actually. Because people are talking about how sad everyone is. I'm like, not me. We have some funny things we're watching. We were listening to to our our radio host, right? Radio Ronan. We were listening to Radio Ronan. Chunga put out this little plea about like, hey, let's start sharing positivity. And they were talking about how there's this feeling in the air and all this kind of energy and stuff. And you and I were kind of like, not in the Robinson household <laughs> because you know we deal with some pretty heavy stuff all yeah. day long. And so I think we know how to channel it, but we really have fun. You know, we really have, yeah. we laugh. There's been a few things I've seen online that have got me almost in tears throwing <laughs> up. It's been so funny and it's, you know, it's, it's great. Um, if you search for it, you're going to find it. I'll be, I'll be very honest with a lot of you. Um, if I don't comment on your posts, it's because I've hidden you because I don't care about your political stuff anymore. I just don't care. I'd rather, rather have a relationship with you than to, um, you know, like, like say, well, oh, a person thinks this way. I'm not, yeah. I'm not down for that. And I've checked myself quite a bit because there's so much I'd like to say, but it's just, I'm not going to change anyone's opinions. Yeah. Right? And, you know, the more that you try to yell or share your point and push somebody into that's their you know, telling somebody else that their point is wrong, the more they hold on to those opinions and their beliefs, they're going to just hold them tighter because they think you're going to steal them. So you just worry about yourself, turn off the news, you know. I said to you today, I said, isn't perspective a very interesting thing, right? Yeah. Because we can look at one situation and think, think that's completely mental. And someone else can see that situation and think completely justified. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it's it's strange because I'm like, I would love to know how that works. It's, what it's called, you guys, it's called cognitive dissonance. And what it means is that you begin to think and push that stuff so far away that you got you start thinking like, why is everyone not thinking this way? Yeah. Because for the life of me, I cannot justify some of those actions. But for the life of me, I can kind of understand where they're coming from because they're scared and they're nervous, all these things. And so I don't think that I'm on the right side or I'm on the wrong side. It's, you guys shouldn't care what I think. Yeah. And I've noticed that too, because there's time when I want to get up on my soapbox and, and preach this, you know? Um, and the fact of the matter is, is you just got to turn it off. Nothing that anyone posts either pro or against has got me saying, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't think, in fact, I don't think I've ever been swayed to like, join a cause because someone persuaded me into it that way. I posted something like, you know, yeah. The most I do is when I find some of these news um, outlets that I've found that are really right in the middle, they just give facts and I've that way I'm like, Oh, okay. And I can see maybe something that I didn't see before Mm -hmm. because it's just given out in a nice kind manner (laughs) with everything. And I feel like it's a trustworthy site because I see both sides being shared. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's so important. Turn it off. It it is not worth your emotional currency to to put any investment into it because whatever happens, we're not going to be able to control it anyway. In fact, when you boil it down, control is a ghost. There's no such thing. We allow ourselves to be pulled in that direction. My thing is I want to, I want to teach healing and I want to teach unification and I want to teach progression and strength and grit and, and, you know, and team and love and compassion. I don't care about any of that stuff. Um, And it's fun. It's fun for me to be able to, to disconnect from it because if you get consumed by it, it'll take you. Yeah. And I, I believe when we get really stuck in trying, oh, I wish we just had peace in the world and wish people were kind and nice. Well, that peace in the world starts within us mm-hmm. where we can find and find peace in ourselves and within our homes where we have the most influence. So yeah. you focus on those two places and you're going to do more for this world and bringing peace to this world than anything else. You know, that's one reason why I've really enjoyed the recovery community through all of this. The ones that don't get, you know, up on their soapboxes, that is, um, you know, you know I, I guess, you know, I should probably, you know, I don't know, I'll tell everybody this, but, you know, Merz <laughs> and I are still very much on TikTok. It's kind of funny. We went through the uh, the uh, China spying on your face and, and who cares, I guess, if China yeah. wants to spy on me. Anyway, that's a whole other subject. But I think that's all been cleared. But there is a recovery community on TikTok that is mind blowing. Yeah. And anytime someone gets on there and starts trying to preach, well, this is the way that it's done and 12 step this and that no one cares. It's like, you guys 
find your own way. And I love it because it is so flipping positive. These are the people that could give a crap about what's going on politically. These are people that are healing from addictions. They're celebrating sobriety. They're, they're bringing people in. They're supporting yeah. one another. There's no arguments. There's no fights. Sharing when someone stories. gets on who doesn't know addiction and they try to poke fun, everyone kind of rallies around I'm like, well, we understand that they, they move on. And I did a post not too long ago and I just thanked them because I'm like, I've never seen such a camaraderie. Thus, the reason we want addict to athletes team page to keep growing. Yep. Someone posted the other day, um, about really saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm struggling. I'm not doing well. Mm-hmm. I feel like throwing in the towel. And I'd noticed that by the time I saw it, and I'm one of those guys who don't go to bed very early <laughs> and I saw it and, I, and it showed me that 10 people had already seen it, but no one dared give advice and it had been up for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And when I read it, the person was asking for help, but we can't be afraid that the advice we're going to give or the thoughts that we're going to give is going to be detrimental that it's going to be bad. We give what our soul wants us to, guys. Mm-hmm. When someone utilizes the social media page to ask for help, even if you are a muggle, answer them. Yeah. It's one of the neatest things. And and then you know, I put I put this little you know thing on there for her and um and everybody and more people started too. And I'm like, this is what we want. Get involved with the good. Put to bed all the negative. Don't yeah. even don't even. This is the, the time where we share the positive. We share the love to bring bring more of that. You guys have been through addiction. Nothing should phase you at this point. You've been in the darkest of dark. You've been in the lowest of lows. Yeah. This political climate, it's going to change like the weather. Who cares? In a few more months, like. Don't think that anything. Oh, I can take our guns and all. Don't buy into that. It's not going to happen. What we can do is, is, is stay positive and move forward with our efforts to change our lives and to change our team's lives by just being who we are, by showing up. It's one of the neatest things, yeah, I think. So that's, that's a great awesome. question. Turn it off. Yeah. Just stop. I, I found out that, you know, for, you know and I'm, I'm turning it off now, too. I'm like, I'm done. Don't need any more of it. And the cool part about that is when you're in the when you're not in the know, guess what? You still find stuff out. And the people that still are very much entrenched in it, they can't wait to tell you. So turn it off. You know, yeah. tomorrow the sun will rise. Get up, go to work, get your breakfast, you know, get your workout in, come home, celebrate with your families, you know, clock off another day of sobriety and then teach someone something, serve someone. Yeah. Turn it off. Yep. Great Powerful. advice. Powerful. Great advice. I can't imagine someone that was so discontent and so disheartened that that this would push them to use. Because this is a scary situation out yeah. there if you let it be. Yeah. But we're Just, strong people. Yeah, let it go. I mean, you're, they're forgetting that these are they who were at the darkest of dark. Yeah, many living on street corners, many who've lost everything, home, car, you know. Yeah. So you know, it's like team medic to athlete. Remember when we had There's the basketball not. team all those years ago and I can't yeah. wait for COVID to be done so we can do that again. But like, I remember like me coming and huddling up with the team when we first started and I was losing my mind because we were being treated unfairly. So angry. Yeah. And it was funny. Cause I'm like, are you guys doing okay? We're huddled up. And they're the like, ref was, yeah, they're like, yeah. coach, that ref cannot get in my head. He's like, I just had to talk to my probation officer and convince him not to lock me up because I missed a day of treatment. Yeah. He's like, that to me is real. This, 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 this guy over here, nothing. And I remember thinking, holy crap, it's so that true. That paradigm shift can give mm-hmm. you the most power. Absolutely. Most power. So whatever's going on politically can hold no candle to what you've already been through. You guys are strong people. You have grit. You have tenacity. Don't let this slow you down. Just yeah. laugh at it and move on and then get focused on doing something good. Absolutely. All right, let's move over our caller so we make sure to get her answered. And then if we have time, we'll answer another yeah, question. Yeah, I got, I got a few more. So, so totally fine. we're going to move Selena over. Awesome, Blossom. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Hi. Uh, let's see, it's my camera. We can oh, hear you. We just can't on. see you. I think I've moved her over incorrectly. Oh. <laughs> Merritt's coming. We pushed you in without a face. That's not yeah, good, that's huh? Yeah, that's weird. I didn't know I could do that, but. You <laughs> got your voice. You're good. But Selena, what's uh, what's on your mind today? There we go. This evening, well, I should say. Um, I just wanted to talk about, I um, after watching the podcast about growing up, you know, that was like. Holly's? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Being a child of an addict. Yeah. 
I grew up with an, a, a father that was an alcoholic and, and it just has, it was so powerful when I was crying while I was listening to it. And I grew up in a small town and had the shame, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't be friend, friends with her because her dad's, you know, a drunk and, you know, mm, it's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going, it, I don't know. It's a heartbreaking. What did you like about it though? I mean, what did, what did you come away with it though? Because like there was some insightful things. She, she, you, you heard, Mm -hmm. I I got speechless there for a minute. I'm like, I cannot believe that Holly, you are this Her insight. You're this insightful. Like it was was powerful, but what really resonated with you with that? Cause I'm curious. We've got a lot of feedback. This is one of those podcasts that we get a lot of feedback on. Yeah. Um, there were several things, but, you know, um, her braveness, for one thing, yeah, jumping out the alcohol, which was, Ooh, you know, in the house. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, never would I, have, you know, dare. That's what Blue said. No, yeah. I wouldn't dare do that either. And that then, took a lot of courage. Um, yeah, just um, trying to. She just had such a positive attitude about it, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words. It was just so powerful. It was just kind of like it's because wow, you have a I'm, similar story, huh? Yeah, I'm living that, and I'm mm-hmm. living the, you know, the shame. And even when I was going to marry um, my first husband. Um, People would tell him, oh, she comes from a horrible family. You know, her dad's an alcoholic. You don't want to marry her. And so, yeah, it's just like, it's such a hard, I have my own demons, but Mm -hmm. I had childhood demons as well. And, you know, even as an adult, one time we were at the the youth stampede and um, my dad was on the committee and I was with my husband, ex-husband and his brother and well, her wife and his wife. And, you know, my dad, I knew he would be drunk because they always got really like drunk. They're the committee members. It was just mm-hmm. something. He comes staggering towards us through the carnival. And I'm just like, oh, no. I kind of said, should we go right? Should we just zip out? You know, because I knew it was going to happen. We went yeah. straight forward. <laughs> you couldn't tell which way to go, and all of a sudden you're there, huh? Well, yeah. I wanted to like ditch him. That's terrible mm-hmm. to say, but I because I no, knew I understand exactly what was going to happen, and he got so close to my face, like within inches, and he was like, "What? What did you think about that?" And <laughs> and slurred speech, and then. He just stumbled away. And so it was like so humiliated, you know, mm. and like, and yeah. You know, Selena, you say that and, and it's interesting. I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing that to my children. Yeah. Mm. Last week, a uh, week ago Thursday, I spent the whole day with my daughter, Savannah. We taught seven, we taught eight classes yeah. in her seminary class. And her and I teaching together these principles. We taught the principles of the I am statement, right? Um, and I, she wanted to be with me, her dad, and, and to see all of her friends. And, and I'm like, this isn't really how this goes, right? Like, you're supposed to be embarrassed of these things. And I, there's no way I would have ever brought one of my my mother or my stepdad number you know, two, three, four, five, and six, I would never have brought them into my social world that way. And I think, wow, what a what a change. And so hearing you say that, I'm like, I know what that feels like, but now I know what it feels like to be on the other side of that coin, you know, to yeah. like that they have but that relationship. To take him. Which is why, you know, I, I listen to Holly and and knowing a little bit about her family and how amazing of a mom she is even though we're both kind of like pretending to be parents here, we don't know what we're doing. Um, it all kind of works out because our, our love and our compassion fills in the voids. Yep. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's hard to wrap your head around, but yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it, it sets up a lot of emotional turbulence when we're adults, doesn't it? Well, yes. And well, I just had another thought 
that I wanted to say when I was thinking about Holly is she didn't become an addict. And Mm -hmm. that was so impressive to me because Mm -hmm. I did become an addict. And, you know, it generally just goes through generation and generation. It can. It doesn't always have to. That's why I think it's so funny when people say that people that don't have addictions can't help me because they don't understand. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Holly went through the same emotional turbulence that we both went through, yet she chose a more excellent way to, to channel hers, you yes. know, and it came in different ways and it came in different situations, but we all experienced the same pain. And so get off your high horse person who doesn't think that someone who doesn't know, who's never used, who would be quote unquote a muggle, they yeah. can help just as much if you're willing to learn from them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're, you're so right. Yeah. So it was, it was really a great, great podcast. And, and yeah, I, I've been, I just wrote a question last week because I wasn't feeling like coming on just because I've been, there was so much going on last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I was, I'm, I had a really low mental health week and um, the physical symptoms started hitting me with it. Gotcha. And, And I, just at I I think my question asked you know I I know they can be related but I literally thought I had the worst flu yeah. and I just because yeah. I yeah, had that like, was so your question your was, question was the do does mental health affect our physical health yes it was, and we gave some advice to you did did it help yes it did it Good. did but um yeah, I just well, it, and, to... it, and it totally does because again, the the question before you was that very thing. It's like all these, all these, you know, political unrest and stuff is draining me, and I'm getting sick and tired, and I'm stressed out, and people are like mocking me for my views, and and he, that's what he was talking about. Is I'm yeah. feeling sick, and I'm feeling like I need to go use to calm down. So yes, it absolutely connects. You know, it's. It's why when you're sick, you don't want to go out and lift weights or do all these things, right? It's because you you feel bad. It, it works one with another very interchangeably. Absolutely, yeah. it does. Yeah, it was. It's a cra- It's crazy to me how that can happen. But mm-hmm. so, what did you do to turn it around? Yeah, I'm curious. What did you do to kind of get yourself? What back advice on track? did you use of ours? I I did. I went and got some magnesium. And oh, good. I love that stuff. I did. Um, I did some meditation. I listened to good music. Um, I stayed away from the source, which was my started. It was with my son and the political. So you're, you're in that realm too, where it's just like, you get it, you get it at all angles. You're like, ah, enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he is not kind with his views. Anyway. So um, it just kind of triggered it, but. Yeah, just it takes me. It's so weird. I call it a cycle because my whole life I've had these cycles where I I go along and I'm doing great, and then I just have a cycle. I yeah. I call them. And um, I used to just do more drugs to get through the cycles, but now I have to. You know, I'm working on my coping skills. Huh? Working on my quilts. You know, I. Oh yeah. I've been crocheting granny squares i've been doing so yeah but it's still it's still hard because it's like i want Mm -hmm. to feel better right now i love it I, i love it because what you're doing is you're being very much very very mindful of what you need and the cool thing listeners is that she didn't just wait I'm, I'm glad that even the, the day that the podcast or that we were doing the podcast last week, you know, the show that you're like, I, I got to be done right now that you didn't just, you know, lay in the misery yep. that you're like, well, okay, enough is enough. But I was um, not in any condition to like, come on and talk. Cause I, I couldn't stop crying. That's good. So, so I, you, you sent it anonymously and I, that's the perfect I way to do to it. I was able to use your advice that you gave me during the week. So I wanted to say thank you that that's who, I asked that question and I think you recently talked, I want to share one thing, right one ahead. more thing. I know mm-hmm. it's close about yeah, right how doctors treat um, pe- patients um, mm-hmm. with mental health and, uh-huh. and um, drug addictions. It's just like, sometimes 
I've been treated like great. And I have a really great doctor now Yeah, that is fabulous. But just real quick, this is one example that happened to me. I, I was having a really bad episode of my depression. And I went in to see a, another doctor because my doctor wasn't in. And I was crying, you know, crying yeah. came in. And he's like, well, why are you crying? <laughs> and I just got up. And walked out and he's hollering hey come back and i'm just like no yeah. and and the, ever since then i'm like would have never done that that was the first time i've ever done anything like that but i just think we need to like remember what we're being treated for we still deserve res- respect Yes, absolutely. Yes, we do. And, and, and that's a big deal. You're right. There are lots been, of... Somebody would have been there for a heart thing or stomach ache and was crying. He never would have said that, but he's seen my chart while I was there. And so anyway, that's all. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I love it. And I think that it's important for people to remember that, that you are still very much uh, a person in need. And yeah, that you need to be treated with respect. That's why I'm excited for you to listen to Dr. Bob's post uh, podcast this yep, week. It's going to be, oh my gosh, you're, you're going you're gonna to love it. And it's so awesome that we've found so many of these doctors that are like so lo- loving, so empathetic and understanding oh, yeah. to go, yes, there are doctors out there like that. And that I, often they take that platform to teach other doctors and yeah. other people. Like we all, you know, all of society needs to learn a little more about being empathetic and understanding and Absolutely. staying away from some of those. I love the one that you did that he was, it was a couple weeks ago, but it was on MAT and Dr. B. Um, oh my God. We have a Dr. B and a Dr. Bob. Dr. B is awesome. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. He again, made found- me feel like, I want to be your patient. Didn't yeah, he? Didn't oh he my goodness. Yeah. Yes. And this was cool about that is Dr. B, we found him on, on TikTok. TikTok. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's wow. a part of that recovery community. And that's what I'm like. So there's some goofy things on there, obviously, but there are some really good things on there too. And so, yeah, it's, it's about just building relationships, you know? I mean, I don't know if you caught the live feed I did today, but we're starting a new podcast. We own my, myself, Brock Bevel, the officer that I just, I just did yep. the podcast okay. with. And um, Max Hall, who was a BYU football player. He played for the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals. in football. Yep. And he's a coach now at a high school down there. And we're doing a podcast called The Agents of Sobriety. It's all relationship-based because it's all the same. We're all yep. coming We're all coming from the same. Educating, same understanding, Educating. and helping mm-hmm. each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And my last point I want to make is, yeah, thank you. You guys, they're always there. Even if we, you don't feel like you can call in or come on, do like I did, you know, write a question. Yeah. yeah. Just, it, well, and Selena, yeah. you and the Patreon subscriber, you, you are a, uh, you, is she the, uh, the, no, the, the professional? professional what are you she's a professional <laughs> and so she gets you know you you get some you get some bonus time the pro, with Coach Blue yeah, here, the, the pro level you yeah. get some bonus time and you use it and i think that's Boy, great i need it <laughs> yeah and so right. i'm glad that you're feeling the measure of everything that you're doing and i'm glad you're feeling better right now the political stuff will pass and you know who cares moving on this is going to be 2021 is going to be a good year for us team athlete we're going to get very close there's going to be need some things we're going to do together so and you're going to be very much awesome. a part of that too you and warren so i'm excited to, to get yeah. the warmer temperatures out there soon yeah oh warren loves loves your program he loves yeah it. warren's a good guy I have, I have nothing but respect for him i really do so you're in good hands yeah, he's, he's a keeper so, by the way thank you. by the way yes. i loved your picture of your sunrise that was gorgeous wasn't that pretty? Oh my gosh, oh yeah. My gosh. I'm like, wow, there you go. That so. was in Texas. I was FaceTiming with Charlie and she was out by the gate and I took pictures when I'm FaceTiming uh-huh. and I caught that. I mean, holy cow. Gorgeous. That's what they look like. When I visit, I sit on that porch where she was and just just marvel they're every yeah. every night usually they're that way so that's definitely anyway. god's country you keep that in mind next time you get all all in your mind that's a beautiful spot so thank you i'm glad okay, you called thanks. in thanks okay thank bye you. have a good one yeah no you know what, Marissa, it's, it's, it is it's one of those things where we get uh 
you know, we, we, we forget that we're dealing with real emotions. We're dealing with real yeah. people. And sometimes it's easier just to, as Chunga would say, sit back and have some pie. Yep. Right. Just That's have right. some pie. <laughs> um, speaking of Patreon, I want to thank everybody again. Uh, this is the new shirt. So jump on, let's get you guys your, your t-shirts out. We'll be sending these out this week. Um, and I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you guys yeah. uh, did this. Josh Hansen, thank you so much for, for putting in the effort. Uh, Josh has helped us out so much and I'll be trying to get a hold of Josh here soon. So we'll go through and thank all of our Patreons as we end here. We do have a new one. We have a new I one. I want to thank KP, the, the Warrior Within Podcast Personal With Development Sensei, Program by Sensei KP. KP Brown. Thank KP you so much. KP is on Radio KP. Ronan with us. Yes. And so you, we, we were guests on his podcast not too long ago. Yep. And uh, so KP, thank you so much, brother. Welcome to the the, the page here. Yeah. Um, Please check out the Warrior Within podcast. Um, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Absolutely. So then we have all of our super fans, which is Chris Williams, Brett Frew, The Fosters, Carolyn Harris, Holly Davies, Tara Butson, and Chelsea Olson. Thank you to our super fans and our rookie level patrons. Josh Hansen, Gary Thurston, Kenny Roseman, Earl Dyer, Joe Jackson, and Michelle Hansen. Thank you to our rookies and our professional. We just went over that with Miss Selena Armitage. Thank you, Selena. And our champion level is Shad and Freya Robinson. And new this week, too, is Ron and Dee Loesch. Thank you guys so much. Your support is so, oh needed, my goodness, so and, needed and helps us continue to do what we're doing. Yeah. Thank you. And, and Ron and Dee, thank you. Uh, we love your suggestions for the material for podcasts. Um, I, please, you guys on Patreon, that's part of your, your deal there. You get to kind of do some deep dives with us. So we will be exploring that, that question even deeper because I think it's going to be valuable. Um, but yeah, if you yourself would like to become a Patreon subscriber to get one of these awesome shirts uh, uh, or hoodies here soon, um, bonus content, um, you know, all kinds of perks and benefits. Jump on patreon.com backslash addict to athlete and pick a tier. It's going to work for you. Shoot. $2 a month is going to give yep. you your bonus episodes. Get um, a bonus for two bucks. The other thing too, is we'll be launching that, that bonus episode, uh, later on this week. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Um, but yeah, athletes, listeners, viewers, thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight on one-on-one. Um, keep the questions coming. We can take these offline as well. So don't hesitate. If you need assistance, um, Marissa, addicttoathlete.org, or you can contact her, 801-319-7170. Yep. That's her direct line. Uh, if you need some help, coaching, therapy, family therapy, what have you, best way to schedule right there. Athletes, viewers, muggles alike. Until next time, go turn that mess into a very powerful message.